Hello, this is Varun Dumri, and you're listening to the Stars and Startups podcast. I bring you another exciting podcast from the startup world. In India, there's probably a large opportunity for pretty much any product. The total addressable market is large enough for even niche products to work if they have a strong value proposition and a good product. Today, I speak with Rajan Bajaj, the founder of SlicePay, a startup that caters to the first-time job seekers, targeting five million first-time credit card users every year. who have little access to credit products designed specifically for them we chat about india's first payment card startup and what young indians are spending on don't forget to take a moment to subscribe on youtube or wherever you listen to this podcast the best way though is to sign up for a weekly newsletter via our substack the link is available in show notes let's say hi to rajan hey rajan welcome to the show Hey Varun, thanks for having me here. I'm doing great. By the way, it's Welcome. nice now. We we removed the pay uh, sometime in last year, and it's okay. it's just nice now. Uh, you know, a fresh, exciting product for the youth of the country, uh, which they really love using. Uh, and it's in the financial services space, which is traditionally considered boring, but it's not so boring anymore. So, are you saying they don't have to pay back? That's why you're just calling it slice. Why would they not have to pay back because you're calling it slice? I don't know. It is called slice pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, so pay was for actually making the payments uh, at the merchant and not yeah. like repaying back. You still have to repay back because that's that is required, how you right? build your uh, that is how you build your credit history. If you do not do that, then you know that's a problem because eight years later, when you want to get a house loan, uh, you'll have a you know poorer credit history. Hmm. You know, um, during COVID, uh, credit companies have had an extremely hard time, primarily because of the moratorium, and you know repayments not happening uh, easily and or or being deferred. And most companies, uh, especially if you are giving credit, they need to manage cash flow. Right? Um, it doesn't mean that your cost is any lower. There's no way for you to identify if someone's going to pay back or not, so you can't differentiate between. uh a good customer and a bad customer and who to follow up with or who to kind of blacklist um and then you know steam teams are calling up and sending friendly reminders on repayment um how has it been for you guys covid has been a very uh, you know different experience from what we were used to in the last 4 years i think as a customer it is like a forcing factor for you whatever you were already thinking now you're thinking about it you know even harder you have more time at your hand so if you're thinking about moving out of uh, you know traditional financial institutions or you if you're you know not happy with a certain experience now you're thinking more about that and that forcing factor is making you change the way you operate like we have seen in edtech we have seen in uh, you know some of the other e-commerce companies where people are now jumping to the opportunity of buying products on in e-commerce or you know mm-hmm. doing edtech it has become like that forcing function you would have acquired those customers over 12 months now you suddenly acquiring those customers in 3 months for a business uh, in credit like you rightly said you know there's that impact of moratorium you need to manage your cash flows then there's this other side also which happens which is you know consumption is not there while while some businesses are seeing uh, advantage of consumption uh, you know l- rising like in edtech or e-commerce uh, overall as a 
economy we we just saw right our economy was down 20 23% uh, uh, so that consumption went down at a, at a overall level and because yeah. we are serving all the use cases of a customer our right. card is accepted at 5 million plus merchants in the country so our volumes go down so while you know there's this impact of moratorium but because your volumes are also going down uh, temporarily during that period now it's again back to where it was but temporarily for the 6 months period it was down so you know it sort of uh, was getting balanced uh, by itself so you're saying the consumptions dropped and the payments were not happening so it kind of got managed because you were working with the same amount of capital that needs to go get revolved so to speak uh exact card base right exactly um, so i would not say that cash flow wise it was a challenge for the companies because hmm. uh, actually consumption was lower compared to the repayments repayments still only limited number of customers were choosing moratorium we had only 15% of our customers choosing moratorium and opting for moratorium Right. Uh, which is not a lot right eventually the customers are coming and repaying back to you and that much capital you already had but the consumption went down by even more number in april uh, it was down by almost 70% and then in may it was down by still uh, 45 50% so it was much uh, worse on the consumption side itself compared to the repayment side you know you're in the front seat when it comes to understanding how young people spend right we are and yeah. what are people spending on especially during covid and you know are, are they spending a lot of money on alcohol is that the first purchase they do every month is the same thing man what we you and i are doing uh, you know young people are not very different i mean we are young right we are not that i'm glad old. i'm glad you calling me young because i feel like i feel old compared to, to you at least uh, what do you like uh, you graduated from bai but you you still fit in uh, you you still fit in millennials <laughs> right as a segment I don't think so. I I don't seem like a millennial, or I don't feel like a millennial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> These days, everyone is a uh, you know under the age of forty is millennial, uh, and then you know we we have this large segment of twenty to forty which is millennial, and people use that term for everyone now. So every young customer is a millennial, but the guys who got born in two thousand one and they're like I'm nineteen, but I'm not a millennial. No one is uh, listening to that guy. You are a millennial. I, wait, tell me something. You graduated in 2014, right? I did. Yes. And uh, so you are definitely part of the segment. Uh, five years into, uh, six years into working, um, and you started the the first company within a year of graduating. Um, yes. You started out at Flipkart for a few months and then started this. What was it like to? To, to do that because you know now you're five years in the business uh, you probably picked up your mba along the way uh, doing things right um, how how has the journey been in 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 this five years what has helped you let me tell you about my background so before i went to uh, uh, college for my engineering i was uh, you know i i spent most of my childhood in rajasthan Okay. I was in this uh, small city called Alwar, and I did most of my schooling there. I was, uh, I think, one of the. It's first a beautiful city. People. Oh, you have been there? Of course, uh, near Siriska, right? Yes, Siriska is part of Alwar. So Siriska right, is that right. wildlife sanctuary which is very popular <clears throat> in that part of the country, and it is in Alwar. Have uh, you ever seen any tigers there? Fun fact: I went to Siriska for the first time when I was in college. I did not go to Siriska before that, growing up in Alwar. 
so okay. no uh, by the time i went to siriska there were no tigers there okay so uh, well so you're you're right there are no tigers there right because i didn't see anything when i went <laughs> no so uh, they were there but then they got extinct and uh, and you know it became a you know issue uh, okay. so now yes it's back so okay. i i grew oh. up there uh, and and you know i was probably the f- i think i i was the first one in my uh, locality and my geography uh, of that uh, you know small city to go for nationals from uh, school uh, for basketball mm. I did that. I, you know, used to play too many sports uh, when I was growing up. My parents uh, encouraged me to do that. Uh, we lost in the semi-finals, uh, and uh, that was it. I finished my schooling, went to IIT Kharagpur for my engineering, and, and yeah. soon after that, uh, I started working in Flipkart. I was working in a great team there. Uh, this was uh, this was a time when Flipkart was uh, growing at the fastest pace in the country at that scale. It was the fastest growing startup for. Uh, in this country and i was working right in the center in the product team who was making these uh, product innovations happen at that time so i loved my time there but i felt that i uh, need to start up uh, you know i i had that feeling uh, right uh, from my college days i used to think actually when i was in college why uh, would someone pay me for uh, you know working uh, on anything i don't know anything uh, and and i always used to think probably i'll have to start my own business to, you know at some point of time because that doesn't make sense uh, you know to work for someone and then get paid for it i mean i mean why would someone pay me uh, so uh, it was there somewhere in my mind and uh, you know flipkart happened i met with these really smart people uh, uh, you know learned more about uh, startups and uh, how to do uh, how to go about it and then uh, moved out within 10 11 months uh, started up a business called mesh which was in the rental space that did not work out uh, we were doing that for about 9 uh, 10 months uh, did three four pivots in that and then uh, we transitioned to what is today's slice understood um what was that inside that you wanted to go solve because i know slice has gone through many different um um uh, you know avatars phases yeah yeah so it started out being different things and today it's completely different from when you started out Yeah. like i said you know my interest was to start a business of my own that was my fundamental motivation and uh, you know wherever i uh, read and whatever i understood it felt natural to start something that is your own problem uh, so while i was looking for the problems that i am facing in my life and uh, initially rental was a problem you know you're moving to a city and you don't know how long you're going to stay here you want to have many experiences but you don't have enough money so i wanted to play a uh, you know playstation game on a weekend but i don't want to purchase it because i'm not a avid uh, playstation gamer but there's no way i can play it easily you know i, I need to borrow it i need to uh, get to my uh, friend's house and find out who has that and find out how to get that particular game so we we initially thought about uh, having this platform where you can rent your uh, let's say PlayStation and I can rent my bicycle. I can get your DSLR, you know, and life is much more fun over the weekends. And we can do a lot of things. But then we realize that the market is not that large. People are not that comfortable sharing their products. Pivoted into uh, cars and bikes rental for some time. We were the second largest car rental product at that time. But then we realized there are a lot of uh, you know issues in scaling this business up, and uh, we probably was, not be the right fit. This was the peak. 
this was the peak of the sharing economy right uh, there was this term of sharing economy and people want to share everything uh, you know i think it started with uh, uber and ola coming forward and and uber uncovering uber x right uh, that was their car sharing platform uh, in a way and everybody wanted to do something in, in sharing uh, was there a hype that led you to that uh, saying you know what maybe there's value here and this is a market we will go after i i don't think so so from my college uh, in my second year i was very interested in sharing economy i purchased this book from lisa gangsky who was the who was she was the pioneer in uh, sharing economy at that time and i was reading about that from my college uh, initially got the idea of starting something like ola share and uber share uh, when i was in second year on my internship in gurugram and i used to take these shared uh, you know rides from uh, where i was staying to ifco chowk which is a you know central place yeah. in gurugram and then you know go other places from there and i felt that you know there are so many people moving around going why can't i sit in some car and i have to go in the shared you know right at that time i was uh, i think uh, 18 and this is uh, 2002 so i have been obsessed about sharing economy from that time and when i f- again faced that problem i felt that this is my calling and you know need to do something about it uh, and then try many of these things you know, we just did not stop at uh, so we did not stop at what you know came to the mind initially as a problem if it was not working out kept pivoting kept pivoting and finally arrived at something that was working out so actually towards the end of uh, mesh we were doing a uh you know it's very interesting we were doing a furniture renting uh, you know product within a span of 6 7 months we were we started with you know you can get gaming console and now we were renting you furniture like you can get a bed in your house and you can get a uh, washing machine and tv in your house and pay it over uh, you know uh, every month and you can actually end up owning it if you pay enough right right and then we realized that this is a logistical uh, you know problem right. and this right. is a you know very different business altogether than what we had thought and we are not probably the right fit for this business so then we moved on and uh, then that's when slice happened so what are millennials paying for uh i i really i really want to dig into this because uh, you know i, I w- i'm always curious right because uh, when you look at consumption and we are saying that uh, the the young uh, first time employees are the ones who will drive future growth right because they are trying to earn making good money uh um, they get a uh, credit or you know anything and they start con- consuming and this is good for everybody right uh so during lockdown what is kind of some of the trends that you've seen uh with this kind of data hmm so uh usually customers uh, do about 8 to 10 transactions in a month using slice card uh and 60% of them go in an offline more so either paying at a restaurant or you right. know a retailer in the offline world that took a big hit in the months of april and may mm-hmm. and what's what what happened is people started spending more on groceries uh, which were you know online and people started spending more on uh, medicines which is again you know you're getting through an online delivery so we saw a sharp rise in these two categories and then uh, by August, we sh- saw a very sharp rise in e-commerce. Hmm. I think it grew by almost three hundred percent for our segment. So those retail transactions that are happening because people are not going out or they are staying at their home, right. now suddenly happening through e-commerce companies. And there was a overall 
you know, 200% uh, 250% increase there that you are seeing on a daily basis. I, I think it's uh, common across the board, right? In that case, because uh, I think grocery exactly. was probably the biggest expense, right? Um, so younger, old, you're I think getting getting to spend the same same thing. What do you spend on otherwise, right? Uh, I mean, exactly, right? Uh, uh, that's what I was saying. I mean, these customers are not any different than all of us. Uh, this is a twenty-two and a half year old guy. What what may be different is this guy is not that. Uh, uh, you know they don't have that much capital to buy probably uh, a car at this point of time mm. so they will not make those kind of spends so you know right. their spends will start from that mass close hierarchy of you know the lowest ones and you know they'll still want to buy insurance and they'll still want to buy uh, you know this regular e-commerce products which makes them feel safe and which are basic uh, necessity in their life but they'll probably not uh, buy a trip to uh, you know uh, malaysia uh, kuala lumpur i mean they will not do that right now uh, and that is where some of the difference comes. So, uh, which which changed with COVID, right? You were not traveling as much, uh, so yeah. that did not have that much impact on our segment, because mm -hmm. while they were spending on traveling, but this was more of a local travel and uh, constitutes lower uh, spends for them compared to the basic necessities that they had. And which is the same, you and me will spend on the same things. Uh, actually, for me, my credit card bill was actually negative in the month of uh, April. And, and that was because I had a refund from previous month, which was coming in April okay. and I did not have to pay for April. And I think in May also it was negative. When you look at this uh, audience, uh, what I've heard is that young people save uh, for the next trip, right? Uh, they, they are very uh, conscious about how much they spend, they budget, uh, they put aside money and they pool in that money at the end of the day with their partners or whoever. And then buy a trip to, you know, Egypt or uh, Greece. I think that's probably the popular uh, thing with the young kids these days. Um, does Slice get involved in any of those things? Actually, what is Slice? Slice is a pay later line uh, that comes for a 18 to 30 year old guy. So we operate in the fastest growing segment of this country. These are these 18 to 30 year old millennials and Gen Z. Uh, which is the economic wave of this country. You know, this is the segment that takes us to $5 trillion GDP. This is the socio-economic fabric uh, you know, of this country. And when these people grow up and as they are growing up, they have very different ideas of uh, how culturally we should exist. With the access of internet and the kind of information that they have, they are thinking more than any other uh, generation about their purpose. Uh, right. Where do they fit in in this world culturally? And they have different ideas of how their banking institutions, financial institutions should also work. That is where we come in. Mm. The customers uh, that we serve, they are looking for uh, not just a, a you know, boring vanilla uh, product that is not that transparent and you know has mm -hmm. hidden charges for them. They they want much more. They want a very transparent product. They want simplicity when they're using that kind of product. And they want uh, fun and engaging product as well. Uh, uh, so for them, it's not just about you know doing boring old transactions. It's about doing all these things because they see a sense of community uh, when they are using uh, you know a, a credit card for that matter or a pay little line with, with what Slice provides. So Slice provides them with that pay little line. Uh, today, uh, it gives them a credit limit to shop right. at all the 5 million merchants 
that accept uh, our, our visa card or rupee card but we are much more than that for our customers you know it's it's a starting point where the customers are doing uh, payments using slides uh, but they're you know culturally getting connected to this so they are feeling that part of the community because of the content that we share with them and, and the messaging that uh, drives the whole slice community and which will eventually make them also want to do payments all sort of payments through us to all sort of banking through us and and so on so forth so it's a credit card and the difference between this credit card and any other credit card that a bank would give them uh, is that the bank won't give them a card yeah so there are multiple problems uh, we have built a pay later line for the customer with a rupee card and a visa card it's okay. not like a traditional credit card okay. it's, it's it's not even a credit card actually it's a pay later line which comes in the app and then it's backed by a ppi uh, rupee or visa card which can combine that line with the card and then you can spend it anywhere so customer definitely has the problem of access but they also have problem of simplicity they do not understand these products many times and they end up paying uh, high charges like for example minimum due amount as a concept it's very confusing for a young customer hmm. uh, and as a young customer many times when you start using a credit card kind of product you end up paying that minimum due amount and then you have this hefty charge at the end of the month in your right. statement and you don't realize because right. it's you know written as some finance charge you know some some fancy term and you'll feel like okay this must be you know something that i have done and after 3 months 4 months you'll realize that and then you'll hate this experience right and because people now have so much information so much access to uh, you know information they don't they don't want to get into these kind of experiences uh, anyways when they realize that they are getting into these kind of experiences and they are paying these charges it's not a very long term relationship which is what we need to understand and as a as you know companies people building uh, you know companies for youngsters we need to uh, make sure of mm. so mm. that is something that slice provides to our customers it's highly transparent you never get charged till the time you accept it and everything is upfront we don't have any minimum due amount concept also the card is absolutely free of cost there's no annual charge hidden charge no uh, okay. upfront charges and then you pay pay back at the end of the month you don't have to pay anything extra the way you make money is on a transaction so when they swipe it or use it somewhere they you get to make some revenue right that's a typical card business uh, way it functions i guess there are three parts to our business one is acquisition which is like payments or deposit bank account and all that we don't have deposit bank account today uh, but we have payment so customers are coming to do the regular payments you know customers are spending on swiggy and zomato and you know uber ola and these kind of regular places where everyone spends and they want to do that this is one of the best ways for them to do that in india okay then we have uh, monetization people uh take credit they end up uh, converting some of their transactions into an emi right and through that we monetize we have merchant partnership through which we give no cost emi offers to our customers where merchants are paying us commission but the customer is not paying anything so we we monetize there then on every card transaction we earn something we monetize there so then there's this whole monetization layer and insurance is something that will come eventually investment is something that will come and right. shopping uh, different kind of shopping experience for our community like group buying will come in that whole monetization piece and then there is loyalty and community through which we retain the customers so you know those uh, reward points that you get which are very confusing right now to understand 
by the way, for most of the young people. And the, the, the experience of also understanding those reward points is not that great. So then we have this loyalty uh, you know, product through which we reward our customers and make sure that they are uh, retaining with us. And we build that community which, which they want to be a part of. And they really see it as a, as a different product and all the noise that we live in. You know, the world is so noisy right now uh, yeah. that you have all these different products which are telling you different things. But you want, uh, you want to, uh, you know, you want to transact with products that you really believe in and that you believe that they believe in you. For example, when you go to a bank website, they will not say that they believe in you. you know, they will tell you that you can get home loan at 8.5% and a half percent and car loan at 12, 13%. When you come to Slice, we will actually tell you that we believe in you as, as that youngster who has that drive and ambition, we believe you will fly. And that is the kind of belief that we have in you. And that is what you want to do, or, you know, want, want in your life. You know, those are the kind of companies that you want in your life. You want to, you know, transact with Apple, you want to transact with Tesla and Nike and not the boring uh, products, especially the young people, because they have that sense of purpose in their lives. When do they show up to slice? Like, how do they, you know, they say, okay, you know what, I, I want a 15,000 rupee credit limit uh, because, you know, it, it helps me manage my finances better. And they just download your app and, and get started. That's pretty much it. Yes. So uh, you come to the app, you uh, complete your profile. And within 24 hours, usually you get approved or you are in a waiting list. So we have 250,000 customers now who are approved and uh, they are Slice members and they are using us. And we have 500,000 uh, users who came and applied and now are in a waiting list. And once you get approved, once you get the card uh, with you and you can tra start transacting anywhere. How does this approval process work if they're now on a waiting list? Uh, does it mean they're not credit worthy? You don't believe they're credit worthy or you're saying that we will track your, uh, you know, your progress uh, in some other way and then we will give you a card. What's the, uh, or the line or an account? So as a financial institution, we have certain limitations uh, like geography that we are present in. Uh, we have certain criteria uh, like uh, age is one of the criteria as well. So some people will get cut off immediately because we haven't expanded to some segments. It's not about like what segments are that credit. beyond 30. We are, not, we are not present in some tier three cities. Yes. Beyond 30 uh, we'll have some criteria where you will not get accepted today. We want to serve you eventually, but today we are choosing not to serve you because we have limited, uh, you know, growth uh, in mind. We have a limited capital with us and we know the kind of customers we want to go after with that capital. And that is what we are doing today. That is why other customers who also want to get that slice experience are not able to come in today. But what we do is we keep expanding our criteria we keep expanding geographies also over time. So the, the waiting list also keeps getting reconsidered. It's not like you'd never be able to become part of slice. It's just that today you're not there. And in six months time, usually we'll reconsider you. Uh, and put you back in the membership or we will uh, tell you to apply again later. I understand the geographical criteria because uh, I think that's uh, geography is a huge impact on collections, right? Because you need to have some process you need to follow and, and you can't open up a city. Uh, do you guys do an in-person verification? Is that a, is that a thing that is required? 
that depends on the kyc uh, uh, of the customer so some customers who have aadhar xml based kyc there is not needed some customer it is needed and yes the collection point uh, collections point is very valid uh, there again unlike a you know e-commerce company we cannot start a location and then shut down that location right you know once we have started a location people have outstanding bills with us and there's no way we can shut down the location without having a large impact on the losses hmm. it's very important for us to carefully choose the locations that we want to be presented um is i understand the financial uh you know like the banks and uh, all these other institutions aren't taking much notice right i mean uh if you remember uh, i remember in the in the banks and you know we were talking to uh, another founder uh, of uh, neo uh, vinay bagri he talked about you know just going after the salary accounts right now in a in a salary account uh, the reality is that you get to know the employee salary on day 1 right if you're a new because salary accounts get open typically for new accounts so every new employee that gets added and they typically first time into the in the workforce it's very easy for them to decide what kind of financial products to give them uh, yes the banks don't do a great job and they you know they they use different proxies to identify which customer to go after right um in that scenario i i are we saying that you know even then uh the good customers get left out and that's where slice comes in and and solves for it we have multiple segments uh we also are going after a first jobber we are going after a second jobber we also have freelancers we also have college students uh so we go after all these segments because we see that there is a gap there and the team is uh able to understand the problem of this segment the most we are a young team so this is the segment that we really relate to a lot and we are able to understand the needs of this customer more than anyone like i said when we were starting up we you know we were trying to solve our own problem even today mm. why we are not doing uh, a product for a customer above let's say 35 or 33 is that we think that we are probably not the best product for them uh, you know it's still uh, you know going to take us time to solve the needs of this particular audience which we really understand so let's not you know try to do too many things for different segments and let's try to when the love of this audience completely our okay. nps today is above 70 uh, that is the reason uh, 70% of our customers today are actually coming through a customers referral mm-hmm. we don't have to spend anything uh, you know to get these customers they're coming from the referral of this customer uh, you know this friend of theirs who's already on slice so you want to improve those kind of things first and then get to sure. uh, other segment and this is a segment which we understand the most that's why you know just want to uh, do other things for this segment so today we are doing a card but we see that as a vertical we'll do a deposit account for this customer insurance for this customer investment for this customer and then as this customer is growing we will evolve with them will be the best card for them uh, throughout their uh, you know segments as they grow when they become from that 29 to 32 will still remain the best card for them uh, our initial inspiration of uh, building a product like this came from capital one who has done a phenomenal job in the you know us and canada and many of the north american regions uh, with with a product for different segments which the banks at that time in us were not focusing on right. so in fact some of our early team members are from uh, capital one and we have okay. built on that uh, culture we borrowed some of the best processes and policies from there and built on that culture 
I, I got my first three hundred dollar credit card from Capital One, so I know what you're talking about. Um, so, um, and and did you did you use that card? Did you use that card for many years after that? Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was in the US for that long, but yes, uh, I did use it. So till the time um, you were in US, you were using that card. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, that was the only that was my first credit card mm. and also my <laughs> last credit card. Uh, That's a very interesting uh, pr- product, uh, you know, uh, uh, insight. Uh, you know, for for many of us when we started up, that yeah. once a customer start using this product, they use it for like eight years, ten years, and the first card becomes, you know, a card that they want to use throughout. As long as you can keep upgrading and keep providing them with a very good experience. Yeah, I I think you're spot on, right? Because in banking services, I I worked at HDFC Bank for a while, um, and one of the most important parts about banking is that the moment you Uh, acquire a customer, right? The moment you bring in a customer, and that's their first bank account or their first card or or any of that. If it's their first, and you're able to get them to do all the transactions you want them to do, uh, then you know they don't want to move, right? Because it's not like another bank or another financial service is going to do something vastly different, right? Um, now, reason a person buys an Amex card. Uh, or gets an Amex card. Actually, they buy because they pay an annual fee or something. Uh, is because it gives them some value, right? Some I don't know if it's self-esteem or, or whatever it is. Uh, puts them in a different league. Now uh, it's more about that. It's more about that experience and the feeling. But in terms of a card itself, you're only going to get additional cards because it gives you something in return. But chances are they will never switch to that card if uh, you know if it doesn't actually add anything to their lives. They will just Keep what is status quo and never move on. Uh, to be honest, so HDFC uh, in India has also been my first and only card for a long time. I had hundreds of cards after that, like SBI and uh, HSBC, Standard. Uh, you name it. I've got cards from every bank, but I never actually moved on because my credit card was linked to my HDFC bank account. And uh, you know it was just convenient for me, right? It it you know never became uh, a hassle. So uh, one piece of advice for you is you know maybe you want to uh, uh, bring them in and like you said you're probably creating savings accounts and other things. Uh, chances are going to do a going to keep them for life if you get into those two aspects, right? Where does your money reside, and where you transact? Because you know if they're uh, using the credit period. Uh, that becomes a habit, and I think that's important as well. So those two are your main aspects. So speaking of which, are you going to get into banking? You said you're going to launch other products, but uh, I think you're probably in a better position to say launch uh, a savings account uh, or yeah. any of those financial uh, products. Uh, is that in the pipeline? Yeah. So with UPI in India, I think many of these banking problems at least have gotten solved. The reason you were paying for your uh, uh, credit card from your bank account is because they were linked. But now you don't necessarily need that linking to happen. You know, with UPI, every every you know well-made product becomes like a bank account. So our customers right. are using our app to pay to us, and it's faster than using a bank account to make the payment. So the next right. product that we will do uh, for our waitlisted customers at least to provide them a UPI uh, from Slice. And sure. through that, they can scan any QR code and uh, start paying through UPI, and they build some history with us. And because of that history, they can then start using 
slice, uh, you know, the whole experience, yeah. become a slice member. And that, that, that's important for them because they want to get that membership. Uh, some of them do not have a history with us. Some of them do not have the right, uh, you know, geographical presence with us. But this information, this extra set of information gives uh, us, uh, you know, the confidence to go after these customers and make them a member for slice. And then we'll roll it out the same, you know, roll out the same product for our customer. And like you said, what a bank account was solving for you was, you know, it was maintaining both the type of transactions at the same place and creating that behavior. But the same thing can now be achieved with UPI, you know, with both the debit product and credit product being at the same place for you. Mm -hmm. You can have all your transactions at a single place and manage your money very well, manage your payments very well. Yeah, that is what we intend to do as uh, as a next uh, product. I mean, it's a great single interface, right? Uh, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, I, I think today, uh, and single interface is extremely important, right? Because you want to know what your debits and credits are, uh, as you normally would. And uh, typically, it's in two different locations. Or if you have a salary account additionally and your savings account, that there's three different locations, uh, or more if you have more cards, right? Um, and you're you're managing your points very well. <laughs> you probably have to go into uh, different interfaces. But I think the account aggregator, uh, you know, which is which is something that's in the works and, and a lot of people have started using, uh, will probably solve for a lot of those things, right? Because all you're saying is that, hey, you can just retain the same in, uh, same app, nothing changes, and you can actually have the you know, full history of all your transactions for the month, which I think is extremely powerful in itself as well. Um, speaking about your UPI uh, movement, I think it's extremely smart, right? Because what you're saying is that, if we can't underwrite somebody and they've actually downloaded the app and applied for, uh, you know, a slice, uh, you know, credit line and we can't service them, I think it's phenomenal that now you're able to at least bring them on as a customer. Well, not for the credit product, but uh, you're giving them something for them to prove that they are worth of worthy of getting a card. And I think that's, that's really cool because now you're getting them used to the product uh, in, in whatever way or form, and they can continuously figure out when they want to reapply for, or you can even show them, right? You just show them a notification saying, Hey, yeah. now you've hit the threshold we are expecting. And hence, uh, we welcome you to the slice family. Right. Yeah. And that uh, is the Indian way of doing neo banking. Uh, if you look at the neo banks across the world, they started for a particular use case, Brazil, like I said, it started because there was this, you know, huge banking problem. You know, banks were not behaving properly with the customers. Uh, in in UK, it started because people had problem doing payments. When they're going out doing forex transaction, they're ending they're ending up paying high fees for that. And in general, right. payments are not very convenient. But in India, payments are super convenient with UPI now. So the yep. natural neo banking product in India is a UPI product. And then you build other things on top of that, which is what PhonePay did very well, Google Pay did very well. But then these are massive products serving an 80 year old guy also in a you know, 18 year old guy also. And because of that, their experience has to be, you know, very average and very boring and very transactional. But a young person again is looking for that simplicity and ease of use. But at the same time, they are also looking for a very fun and engaging experience, which is what you have to offer to a young customer to create a neo bank in India. Uh, uh, you know, in a different way compared to how it happened in UK or Brazil or US. Because this is this is our neo banking product. You know, you started Slice right after college, which we touched upon a little bit earlier. 
uh, are there any resources, mentors that you kind of gathered uh, to to give you the kind of knowledge and, and support? Lots of them. Uh, I mean, countless people. Uh, some of them in our cap table. I think those are best people to take advice from uh, because they also put in your uh, you know their own capital in the business and their advice has a certain skin in the game. Uh, so I, I really value their feedback. Uh, and then internet, I think, has been uh, very kind. And you know, all these places where we get all this advice today uh, are amazing. And you, you really, you know, you feel that you're part of this large community of really smart people who have done that in the past and now they want to give back. So Twitter has been very uh, useful uh, in many aspects there. How do you use Twitter? Are you just ping people or it's about just following the right folks? I think it's about creating uh, some set of uh, following list, which is very useful to you. So you get to read only those things that creating some lists uh, that are very useful to you. And then you get to uh, read uh, something that you are very interested in. Like I am passionate about uh, technology and finance and uh, philosophy and sharing economy. So people who are talking about those things and who are uh, who I admire, I want to learn from them. So getting that right, uh, you know, right set of people uh, to talk to you, uh, even though it's in a one to many way, but uh, getting past that clutter of noise, you know, all the posts that you don't want to see and getting to that meaningful thing is very important. And that is where, you know, a lot of your time also gets spent uh, today, you know, as a youngster, again, this is one other problem that I deeply uh, care about. You end up spending a lot of time and, you know, your attention keeps getting hacked by all these different noises around you. So how do you get to that real thing that actually gives you happiness and actually gives you success also? The kind of success that you have for yourself. I mean, success is very subjective. But you want to have a certain success in life five years later, ten years later. So, what is it that can give you that happiness and success? That is, I think, a very important problem for all of us to think about and solve uh, for for young people, especially because they are the future. But what has worked really well for me is uh, using the weekends and you know, pinging people and uh, reaching out for the uh, reaching out to them to talk about some specific problems that that is on your mind and you're already thinking about it. And then you think that they will add a lot of value there. And you will value their advice because you know they are already in the cap table, or you know, they are a very good uh, person in the industry that you admire, and you know that they will uh, give it to you straight. So I keep doing that. I keep pinging people. Uh, most of the people reply. Some people don't reply uh, in that weekend, but then they'll reply by the next weekend, and that helps a lot. And and are you much a reader? Any recommendations for uh, you know folks who want to get some new skills? Uh, are there any books you give as gifts? to other founders? I do. So there's this is a book by uh, a very good Silicon Valley coach called Mac Mokri. Uh, it's called Great CEO uh, Within. And uh, you know that book has been uh, tremendous for me uh, in building various uh, uh, you know, aspects and processes inside slice you know many of the times you're thinking externally you're thinking about your product thinking about your strategy but one of the most important things is your people and how you interact with them when you are uh, within the you know, company and how uh, how that culture is shaping up so this book really helped me in uh, some of the tactical details of how to go about building your business when you're growing from a 25 uh, uh, member team to a you know, 300 member team which we are today uh, I probably got uh, to know about this book pretty late, but now I give this book uh, a lot to many people that I know and you know, who are CEOs themselves. 
uh, I I got this book when we were already I think 70 80 people, and I was facing some of those challenges. But after that, uh, with the help of this book, some of those things we uh, we know we improved upon. And I would um, recommend anyone who is a CEO to read this book. I'm gonna leave the link uh, along with show notes, so I'll uh, you know leave that for somebody to reference. Uh, hey Rajan, this has been a phenomenal. Thanks for the amazing conversation. Thanks for having me here, Varun.